as American Honor, brought to you by RBN. The call-in number is 1-800-313-9443. My special guest, Doug Fantasi, will be calling in uh, shortly. And uh, we've got a lot to discuss, especially since everybody and his brother is talking about that shooting in uh, Las Vegas on October 1st. Granted, that was a horrific, horrific situation, a tragedy. And I feel for those people. So, anyway, uh, we're going to examine that a little bit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to work for the LVMPD uh, only for about 36 years. And I was kind of like the the first responder uh, to uh, bombings, to terrorist shootings, to to that. And I used to teach classes. Uh, I've taught o- over 800 students that uh, that have uh, taken my class. So, uh, and Doug Fantasi of the uh, special agent for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, uh, he was working at the same time, and. Uh, we used to collaborate a lot on uh, on several cases. So there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that uh, both him and I would have been involved uh, somewhere uh, in the, uh, at least the control center or the command center of, uh, of uh, this situation. Needs to say, a lot of the techniques that uh, were used that I could see just from the news clips uh, are techniques that uh, were taught in this, in this class, first responders to terrorist bombings. And uh, they just applied the same principles uh, to uh, terrorist shootings So, and an active shooter. So I've been watching the uh, latest press conferences uh, where Sheriff Lombardo uh emotionally broke down and and was weeping in front of uh, national TV. Uh, Only probably about 5 billion uh, people saw this. And uh, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, Needless to say, I'm not condemning uh, anyone for having an emotional breakdown. But uh, there's a time and a place for that emotional breakdown, and it sure isn't at the press conference. Uh, when you're trying to explain uh, what has happened and what the city is doing and what the police department is doing and what the FBI is doing. And uh, basically... How's that? Okay. So uh, if Doug is on the line, uh, Doug, are you there? I'm here. All right. Uh, have you uh, watched any of the press conferences uh uh, with uh, uh, Sheriff Lombardo and the LVMPD and the FBI and and everyone else regarding the October first shooting in Las Vegas, I uh, as a matter of fact, I went back and I just reviewed the October thirteenth press conference. I and, see, and they had yes, and I saw the changing of the guard ceremony at about fourteen fifty of the uh, press conference, and it, it's probably it's now a federal investigation. Oh, really? It's, it's no longer going to be LBMPD. Oh, I didn't, see, I didn't see that. Please, for the edification, for my edification, please uh, tell me what went on in that October 13th press conference. Well, that's the one where you know, Lombardo gets up there. Was that Friday, right? Uh, he 
gets up there and he's, he's pretty combative and he's like, you know, there's been a lot of stuff said and, and you know, I want to set the record straight. And, you know, he was back to that, well, you know, the number of people that went to hospitals and, you know, it's not only the police and first responders of the hospital police. And I'm like, okay, nobody was really beating on him about the number of hospitals used or the number of doctors or, or even the number of people that were injured versus killed. And, and, but, uh, you know, he Did he break was, down and cry at this press conference, or was that the one before? Yeah, no, it was this one. He started. It was this one. You know, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think it's probably best if it, it, I thought to myself they must have anchored that lectern into the floor with heavy-duty lag bolts because the way he was holding that thing, I thought it was going to come out, or he was going to push it over, or because he was really leaning on it, and it showed to me a lot of. Uh, a lot of stress and a lot of right. frustration. Uh, I, I saw that uh, where uh, it looked like he was going to collapse. Yeah, yeah. And I had heard earlier in the week that the FBI was now the custodian of the evidence. And I said, okay, well, it's a matter of time before they wind up taking everything. And you mean t- taking sure over enough, everything, you mean? Yep, yep. And, and Sheriff Lombardo started to say, well, you know, we'll be uh, – would be contracting our, our role in it, or, or you know, the investigation will be contracting our role in it, and you know, but we'll be working with the FBI hand in hand. I'm thinking that's not a hand I want to hold, but okay. And you know, he kept talking about how you know things were going to change, but we'll be together. And uh, like I said, I, I watched on YouTube, and about the 1450 mark is when he announced that the FBI would be assuming the lead role in the investigation. And at that point, I think, is when he, he turned away and then the special agent charge from the Las Vegas field office got up and gave a very, uh, you know, short but sweet with a lot of facts, press conference, what's going on, how many pieces of evidence, this is, we've done this, this is how many leads. And you know, and, and he told he told the press, he told everybody, that we'll not be talking a lot about it at this point. So it was... Basically, this will go underground, and they'll work on it at their own pace. And I guess they'll update when they want, and, and that's the way it's going to be. Right. You know, uh, I guess uh, maybe it's just I, I'm old school, okay? When it comes to uh, leadership, uh, whether it's in high school, your teachers, your your athletic coach, uh, uh, in college, uh, the professors – um, the you look up to these individuals as uh, as individuals that you would like to emulate, and also uh, they set a, a certain amount of confidence in what they're doing and and how they're doing it, and and there sh- really shouldn't be uh, um, something that uh, Sheriff Lombardo displayed. Uh, I'm not saying that he's he's got a right to display his emotions. But not in front of anybody, okay? In front of the the general public, or especially the, uh, the police department as a whole, the employees. The employees see Sheriff Lombardo breaking down and weeping like a little girl. Um, <laughs> is uh, is a little disheartening. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that can basically destroy a police department, or or destroy, uh, let's say, uh, the captain of a submarine or a ship or whatever. And you see your captain just, you know, squirting them out. And, uh, I mean, what does that do to, what does that do to a crew? 
What does that do to anybody that is associated with him? I mean, for God's sakes, use your head. If you want to go cry and, and do your sobbing, do it off the, uh, the TV. Uh, go into a private little room and cry your eyes out and uh, then come back. Uh, you know, but what he did there did so much damage. No wonder the FBI uh, stepped in. I mean, if this uh, and it seemed like it was building up to this because I have watched him very closely on the other press conferences and and uh, in the other uh, news clips, and he's not a well man. He's uh, he's uh, very stressed out, very frustrated, and and uh, when we were running for sheriff four years or three and a half years ago, um, I brought this up to him uh, to everyone. That you need a real cop at the top. Uh, Sheriff Lombardo is not a real cop. He's an administrator. Okay? He doesn't have the experience that it takes to run an operation like this, uh, run a complete investigation like this, and deal with the public. He can't speak. Uh, of course, he didn't even show up to half of the uh, debates when it came time for the election. Of course, the election was rigged. All it was was just a, a political anointment. Uh, for Sheriff Lombardo to continue the uh, Doug Gillespie uh, trilogy, and uh, the uh, we told everyone we we uh, my my friends and and other people around they they said he's not qualified for this kind of stuff. It's a very high stress job, a very very high stress uh, position. It's not always high stress, but when it comes to times like this, boy, you better have it together. You better have the experience and the character. And the intestinal fortitude stand up there and tell everyone what you're doing, how you're doing it, and uh, that's the way it's going to be. And you're going to have detractors. You're going to have people that uh, don't like you, uh, that make uh, fun of you or uh, bring up all the lies that you've told in the past. And uh, especially when they try to correct lies that they told uh, just before, and now they're, they're telling more lies. So after a while, you don't even want to hear him. And then to watch him just break down and and just weep like a little child, um, this is very, very, very disheartening. I don't know. What's your take on that, Dad? It's, you know, that was a fight that happened when I was in ATF. And it, it was, people would get on the job. And when I came on in 2000, people were still getting promoted by resume. So if you could show that you did, you know, all the things they were looking for at least once, you would check boxes and, and you know, uh, uh, you schmooze the right people, and then you could wind up getting yourself a, a grade 14, which would be like the equivalent of a sergeant. And then, you know, you get a 15, which is like a quasi between a, a lieutenant and a captain. And then you went up. And the problem was a, a couple of years ago, about five, six years ago, they finally got around saying, okay, you need to have at least three years in the field. And that's not a lot. I mean, as you know, would you really be qualified to be a sergeant after three years in patrol? I, I really don't. Negative, know. negative. Uh-uh. But 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 they, but, you know, if you started saying, look, you can't take the sergeant's exam unless you have five years in patrol. They go, okay. Well, the guy was he was a good worker, and you know, he's probably starting to figure things out by about year five. I know I did when I was a marshal. I really started understanding the job, and, and I didn't really get fooled anymore by about year five. In year six, by year seven, I was on you know autopilot, and that's not necessarily a good thing either. But by then, I, there was there was no real tricks, and you saw a lot of stuff. 
And, you know, I remember when I came on with ATF in 2000, I had a supervisor call me in the office, and he says, I'd like to go into management. I mean, I just got there. You know, I'm not even there six months, and I'm like, no, I, I, I left a nice job doing protection work and making tons of overtime because I wanted to be an investigator. I didn't, I wasn't ready for this. That, you know, and he went back and forth with me, and I, I said something to him that I won't repeat in next company. But, you know, I was just like, that's not what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, they, you know, you, you get posed that decision pretty early on, depending on the person. But, you know, you get guys that go in there and girls, and they have no intention of really doing the job. They're going to become promoted. And you start to see how little space that that house of management is built on. When you get into more pressure situations, you, you, you have to lead a group. Or you're leading a squad and you got 10 people and then they're now looking at you for like instructions and then you're sitting there smoking like Porky Pig at the first sign of some trouble and, and you know, and it just keeps getting magnified. And, and I had it in my last agency. You just saw these people climbing and climbing and then, you know, the policies they would come up with were, were ridiculous. I, you know, if you remember Miracle on 34th Street and you remember the character that uh, William Frawley played, he was the campaign manager of the judge, you know, they never right. have that kind of guy that sits in the back room and goes, oh, that's, a, that's the stupidest idea you could have come up with. Please tell me you had four martinis at lunch before you came up with that. Then I'd understand why you said something like that. But they never do. And and so this is part of the problem with these jobs. And a lot of these people, they, they, they strive to get promoted. There's nothing wrong with that. But they don't develop themselves. And then they get in positions where they've got to speak to the public. They've got to, you know, do these major presentations. And they can't cut it. And then I'll just put it like, they can't cut it. I remember there was one you and I showed up on the strip for a bomb call. And, you know, and my Oh, yeah. That was on Tropicana and, uh, yep. and Lamb. Yep. And I remember you and I sitting there. It was about 115 out. The only thing my supervisor wanted to do was call me up and tell me to put a rate jacket on because a special agent in charge in San Francisco saw that it was on CNN. So I, I had to walk around with the billboard to eat at Joe's side. I said, I'm not doing that. And they started yelling at me. I sat in the car with you and drank water. <laughs> I wasn't going out. Right. You know, you know, you know Doug, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know or not, but you know I was in charge of that entire investigation. Is that the one, NOS Communications? Uh, the, uh, I don't know, is that telemarketing place? That, That's right, uh, NOS. No, the other yeah, one. Okay. There was another one on Tropicana. I was on the strip. And they had a no, it was on Tropicana and Lamb, the, the one where yeah, we no. had to evacuate 4,300 4, people. That's that's a different one, but yes, I remember that one quite well. Okay, and, do you know yeah. that I was I was in charge of that, and every supervisor that came on up and contacted me, I asked him. I says, "Well, do you want to take this over?" I mean, I'm just a you know no nothing detective. I'm the bomb guy. You know, anytime there was a bomb uh, situation that went on, uh, I was called to to go out. So I started my day at 10:30 in the morning on a bomb threat call and. If you recall, we didn't finish until about 11.30 at night. I think it was and, later uh, than that, but don't quote think, me on it. Yeah, and that was uh, where the U-Haul truck uh, was suspected of having explosives in it. Yeah. I mean, this thing just evolved on its own. It was like it had a life of its own. And it, it we, we, just, we, just kept, uh, we just kept at it. You and I did that. And I don't recall, right. uh, maybe you went somewhere else and... And uh, squirted your tears out, and then came back or whatever. But I don't remember anybody losing it, except uh, no. every once in a while, a deputy chief would interject himself and drive around in a in a black and white unit, and then drive over the the uh, tethered uh, 
bomb that was, robot. That was the lieutenant in the patrol car. The uh, the the uh, Nellis Air Force Base EOD showed up, and they were testing out the robot to get ready to go and attack the, the truck. And and a lieutenant drove over the fiber optic cable with his patrol car, and it broke it. And then they yeah. had to uh, they had to improvise, and they got a forklift, and they put an airman with, with a bomb suit on, and had him run into the side of the truck with the forks and, and punch a hole in. Ramming speed. Yes, well, ramming speed. Of course. I've never heard of a technique like that. Have you? No, I haven't. But well, it's the first time for everything, and there we have it. I, I guess uh, Air Force enlisted men are kind of expendable, so they just shove an enlisted guy on top of a forklift, remove the other forklift, and just kind of like spear the side of the U-Haul truck, so they can make a hole in the side of the uh, truck, and then to stick a camera in there, right? Exactly. That's exactly what well, they did. Now, that was kind of a big deal. Okay? Very big. But uh, as far as I know, no supervisor, and there was as high as uh, deputy chiefs that were out there in the command post. I never I never got to uh, use the uh, the mobile command post. I just did everything from the uh, hood of a, a patrol car. Yep. And, uh, grease And grease, pen- grease pencils. And yep. we evacuated... Uh, uh, 4,300 people. Uh, some of them had to be uh, medevaced out uh, because they, you know, were kind of like stuck in their homes. And, uh, I mean, everybody cooperated really very, very well. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't it was a sham uh, because it had to be checked out one way or the other. But we didn't find any explosives. Uh, and eventually... That the case was solved. It was the boyfriend of one yeah. of the uh, gals that worked at that telemarketing place uh, where That's the uh, truck was found in the parking lot. That's correct. That's so, correct. The dogs alerted to the back of the truck. They alerted to the straps. So there was some kind of residue, whether it was gunpowder or something. Somebody had probably something fertilized. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as if we, we haven't had these kind of things before. Uh, by the way, that was probably one of the most expensive incidences that uh, that was ever uh, accomplished by uh, Metro uh, and the uh, amount of overtime and, and everything else. Uh, and, uh, I got a plaque for that. You know, and I want so to tell your we'll... audience that I want to tell your audience that you used to tell that story and gleefully point to the fact that air traffic control at McCarran Airport rerouted the plane away from that area because of that. Oh, there's a lot. The, the freeways were shut down. I mean, you name yeah. it, it, it was done. And uh, nobody really uh, said anything, and, and it all came from the the hood of a patrol car. Okay, I, like I said, I didn't. I never even got a chance to go inside the mobile command. I still don't know what it looks like, but uh, I know the deputy chiefs and the captains and lieutenants and and everyone else uh, uh, was in there, you know, having coffee and and talking about this and watching the robot do donuts in the parking lot after the the uh, the patrol lieutenant drove over the the tether line. Uh, the, uh, but this one, for some reason, I mean, this is just another critical incident and why would anybody, uh, feel as if that uh, we really don't even know why, uh, uh, Lombardo broke down and, and started crying. Uh, we don't even know why. Was he crying for the... He was crying because he went to go visit some of the officers that had been in. And he, and he said something like this. One officer had four bullet wounds. 
But he wasn't shocked And I said, usually we got to take a break. We got to take, we got to go to commercial, Doug. Stand line. Okay. Collectivists and communitarians have shown they will stop at nothing to blot out these last few beacons of light. Truth is becoming increasingly more difficult to unmask, just as the term unmasking itself is spoken by those usually anonymous sources. They promote their lies, wishing to mask the truths by ignoring it, vilifying it or conspiratorializing it into a black hole abyss. Regrettably, RBN has reached the tipping point, and through internal audit and actuarial review, it has now been determined that the only life raft of survival to this network is to go the way of PBS, that being audience-supported. Like a cornered animal, the left with veracity is pulling out all the stops with every effort to effectively blacken our beacon forever. Help us, folks. Help yourselves. Don't let our light stop shining. Our motto has always been, because you can handle the truth. It's time to review your budget, folks. If you want the truth to keep flowing through RBN, go to republicbroadcasting.org and become a regular monthly donor of 30, 40, 50, or 100 or more a month and ensure you keep the truth flowing. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Show is American Honors brought to you by RBN. Call in number is 1 800 313 9443. I'd like you to call in, give us your uh, opinion about uh, how this has been handled and uh, this shooting incident on October 1st in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, and uh, understand that I'm not putting anybody down for uh, uh, trying to help out the victim, the victim survivors. Uh, that that just makes my heart it makes my heart just dance to know that Las Vegas can come together and and, uh, and pull their their monies and resources together to help uh, victim survivors and victims of of this this tragedy. But I think I would have probably picked somebody better that could speak, uh, or at least be a little more uh, 
um, deliberate in uh, in giving out information to the news media. Hell, you didn't know what the what was coming up next. Uh, every time uh, the press conference came up, uh, a new revelation, and, and it would have to correct the first information that came out. And then all of a sudden, uh, another press conference, and, and then that information had to be corrected. Um, accurate reporting is very important. And again, uh, when you start seeing your your alleged leaders, uh, people that should be in the know, uh, I mean, uh, I've always looked at the uh, sheriff's position and it'd be just like a captain of a ship, all knowing, all seeing, all hearing. I mean, it's it's the words uh, I don't know do not come out of that person's mouth. We mean you don't know. You are the captain. You are the sheriff. Whatever you say, we're going to go with. That's all there is to it. Now, if there's a mistake, okay, there was a mistake. But to keep trying to convince everybody about the lie that you told at the beginning. And now you're trying to convince them about the lie that you're telling at the end. Well, that just shakes the uh, confidence foundation right to its right to it and brings it right to your knees. I don't know. It's just uh, uh, it seemed like we didn't have that problem with that that uh, major bomb threat that uh, we had uh, over there off of Tropicana and Lamb. I think it was like in the late '90s that that one uh, occurred, and uh, we didn't have any. Any uh, news people uh, chomping at, at our leaders? Of course, uh, they couldn't get to me because I was uh, huddled over the hood of a uh, patrol car, and I never left. And uh, and everybody jumped in. Even the Salvation Army came on in there and were making sandwiches for officers that were hold, held over and and officers that were called in early uh, in order to uh, help with the evacuation. Nobody got hurt. Uh, everything uh, went smoothly, and uh, the cooperation was was great. I don't know why we had even the upper uh, administration even out there. Of course, I guess they had to be there just to be able to talk to the news or something. But I don't remember anybody making any uh, uh, drastic statements or anything. Uh, do you remember anything like that, Doug? No. Uh, you know, I think that that occurred that that one with NOS that was about two thousand one. And oh, was okay. Yeah, it was 2001, and you know what, I'll say that you didn't have the 24-hour news cycle like you have now, and you didn't have people with the ability to do their own little photojournalism and stuff like that, so the pressure is great. I think one of the things we talked about yesterday, last week, but we didn't really talk about, is the professionalism of like your public information officer or your public government affairs office. We right. have real art seasoned people that were journalists, and they, you know, and, and you don't have that kind of stuff. And a lot of times in these law enforcement agencies, they just promote agents, you know, cops, and they just put them in the job. And there, there's some training, but not a ton of it. And there's some guy with, you know, a phys ed degree, and now he's going to be out there speaking to the press and doing this. And it always shows. And, and these people apparently don't have enough wherewithal to go and get their own kind of training, like speech training and how to stand there and talk and present yourself. And, and, and it winds up showing. And it's always... And after what? But then you have something major occur like this, or and then you see the people that they really, you know, they're not up to the task. And it always shows like that. And well, they they don't have the experience. Yeah. They 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 weren't really cops to begin with. They were administrators. They got promoted very quickly. 
And like I said, some of them were, were only on the job for like three years. Broadcasting Network. So visit our oh, we got to take a break. By going to republicbroadcasting.org. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack, lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extend Hey, can we talk about something serious for a minute? Your age. Getting old has its perks. But remember, being a few years younger, you know, your hair was thicker, you didn't have so many wrinkles, that extra weight wasn't haunting you, and you just felt better. Well, we can't turn back the clocks and go back 10 or 15 years, but you can start feeling and looking 10 or 15 years younger with Nature's Youth RSF. It's a doctor-formulated daily supplement that helps your body maintain its peak performance and fight the aging process. Imagine sleeping better, looking better, and feeling better. See how Nature's Youth RSF has helped thousands of people just like you at naturesyouth.com. Naturesyouth.com. The holidays are coming. Imagine how it will feel when your family and friends are asking you what you did to look so good. Your secret will be Nature's Youth RSF. It's time to start looking better and feeling better. Learn more and order your Nature's Youth RSF at naturesyouth.com. That's naturesyouth.com. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more plus magful clips and magazines. 
I know I've got you excited. So take a breath, head to aroutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at aroutfitting.com. Yo, Fred, are you there? I'm here. Okay. What's on your mind? Is this Fred? No? I guess we lost Fred. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, what's on your mind, Fred? All right. Uh, I want to mention the fact that you have somebody who wants to basically wrap up an investigation and make his department look good. Uh, as well as the FBI and the hostage uh, rescue, the SWAT team actually make it make everything look good, and nobody cares about the truth except the, nope, except the nobody people. Nobody cares about the truth. Is that what you just except said? Except the people. Well, yeah. Well, they don't care about the truth. They haven't dealt in the truth in so long that. Hell, they probably wouldn't even recognize it. Yeah, the people now, care about the truth. You know, there's a lot of th- there's a lot of directions I could go in. I could take up a lot of time. I'm not going to do that. But I do want to leave you with a question, and and I think I also like to hear uh, what is the matter with the investigation, like a list of things that you do not believe or you are not convinced of. But I want to leave you with this. On on the supposed gentleman that was there for five days, how come there isn't any there isn't any information about what he what he ordered, what food he had, or if he had his own food, then of course there would be proof of that with the uh You are talking about the suspect, of, right? Yeah, the cans and bottles if he had his own food. Otherwise, he had to order food and and water. He had to do that unless he brought it himself. Now, that would be that would be if there is proof of a live person there for 5 days, why haven't they released that? They could do that at any point in time. The person who was there is eating for 5 days. Right. Right. And drinking, oh, I see, and I see drinking your point. beverages for five days. I, I see your point, Fred. Uh, th- there's no argument there. There's a lot of it. This they keep saying it over and over again. The the news uh, journalists they say, uh, well, that was an uh, enlightening uh, uh, press conference. Uh, it left us with more questions than answers. And every time they have a press conference, that's how they would end it. Now we got more questions. And answers because they're not answering any questions. They're not giving us any pertinent information, and that's what's what's eroding this entire investigation in, in this by the uh, police department. Why? Because yeah. they don't have real re, they don't have real cops at the top. I'm telling you, these are people that have been politically appointed, just like the sheriff. Politically appointed, not because of their their. Uh, references, not because of their uh, resumes or, or experience or expertise or, or education, uh, just because uh, the uh, 
Gillespie regime, uh, which uh, okay. did the shoulder tap anointment, uh, just kept uh, anointing the next sheriff and the next sheriff and the next sheriff. Started with Sheriff Keller. Yeah. Keller, Keller yeah, anointed. No, Go ahead. I want to say this: that that you have the crime, you have you have means, opportunity, and motive, but you have to have a person to commit a crime, an actual person, and. Mm-hmm. There's some doubt about that, that you have a live uh, person with with intent to do something. I, I have some doubt about it because of the photographic evidence. It doesn't match up. Uh, wasn't there a official photo of a, um, a deceased shooter without a neck tattoo on him? When, uh, I didn't, I didn't was know about the, ne- the neck tattoo, but I do remember that photo. And when you're talking about where the suspect was on the floor, and uh, yeah, yes, I do. Well, that, that's the okay. whole point of uh, that's the whole point of the show is uh, bringing up these inconsistencies, bringing up uh, why there is doubt. There shouldn't be any doubt on what happened here, but there is. There shouldn't and it be any right doubt the- because they're talking. Yeah, they're talking, and, and, and the obsession with giving the press a motive and and uh, a Lombardo. Had said that they're they're getting they have thousands of leads. That that is irre- totally irrelevant. You need a person, a live person with the intent of committing a crime, who has the means, opportunity, and motive. But before you get to motive, I want to know about the person. And I haven't seen evidence that this is a real person. And the, and the coroner is not not going to release the body to the family anytime soon. And they, he refused to say when he would. And he's not going to release the results of an autopsy uh, until he feels like it. And who knows what kind of pressures are on him? And he could identify who this person is genetically through his brother. Right. Now, that's not going to happen. But we need need real answers or there's not going to be any credibility with either Deputy Dog or... Uh, you know, federal uh, deputy dog. There's not going to be right. any any, uh, any credibility in the minds of the public. And under the Constitution, we are supposed to support all these authorities. The authorities right. without authority. Fred, thanks for calling in. You bring up some good Thank points. You. We're going to go to uh, Joel in Wisconsin. Are you there, Joel? Yes, I'm here. Hey, I'm not going to make any friends either. Um, I assume that both of you guys uh, totally believe in the U.S. Constitution. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Doug, do you Doug, Doug do you believe in the Constitution? Yes. There you go. And my question is, how could someone who says they believe in the Constitution belong to a organization, the ATF, that is not anywhere mentioned in the Constitution and also has a bad reputation of, of being in uh, many bad situations like Waco or uh, Randy Weaver or uh, the gun running in, uh, uh, with the Attorney General? How can you be proud to be a part of that when it's not even in the Constitution? And as far as I know, the ATF is just there to regulate guns, which the Second Amendment says you have absolutely zero, no right to do. Can you explain that, sir? Let, let me, well, uh, let me well, go first on this. Yeah. I, uh, on the, uh, the LVMPD, I went into the LVMPD starry-eyed and uh, full of piss and vinegar and ready to uh, do, do the Lord's work. 
follow the Constitution to the letter, which I have. And I've paid the price for that within the department. So at the beginning, everything looks pretty good. It's when you get into it, when you get into the nuts and bolts on how the organization works and you start paying attention to see how, uh, how things are done and how things are kind of fudged uh, to make it uh, at least uh, palatable to the uh, general public. Okay, well, by then, it's too late. Now, if you come forward and say, hey, you violated this guy's uh, constitutional rights, like uh, O.J. Simpson, okay? Do you know I'm the guy that arrested O.J. Simpson? My question was about the ATF agent. Well, I know. It, it, we're going to get to it. Uh, but O.J. Simpson, I arrested him. They violated his constitutional rights. They, they uh, uh, did not put evidence that I ob- obtained uh, into the court system to, uh, to hear in, in court. That's, uh, uh, that's against the law. They manipulated evidence. They manipulated testimony. Four official documents that I created never made it to court. Now, that's, that's a constitutional violation. Do you know that I actually did go and I, and I talked to his attorneys and I talked to our attorneys and they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear this thing. So that's a constitutional violation right there. But what else can I do? What else? Doug, My go question ahead. was to the ATF agent. How could he join yes. that agency when it's not constitutional or stay in it after, after, afterwards? And with the go record ahead. that it has, it, the, the ATF has a bad record. Do you agree with that? Go ahead, Doug. And its yes. purpose is to, to break the Second Amendment. Well, I, I would like to hear him talk. You. Well, you have to let well, Give him a chance. Give him a chance, Joel. First of all, the creation of a police department or law enforcement agency at this time creates out of need. It doesn't have to be specified in the Constitution to have a law enforcement agency. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the FBI. You wouldn't have the Drug Enforcement Administration. You would probably only have the U.S. Marshal Service, and that's it. And that's, as times change and things evolve, they, they create a need. And the ATF, as you seem to know, was created out of the IRS, the, the Internal Revenue Service, to regulate things like the, uh, the liquor. And, and, you know, as far as the gun stuff, you know, you enforce the laws that you're handed. Um, I can tell you I certainly never tried to violate anybody's constitutional rights, unless, of course, you think it's okay for somebody to pull a gun on your mother when she's walking out of a Rite Aid and then pull her out of her car and take off with the car and her wallet and everything else. Or, as Gordon I can attest to, you remember Richard Buck, who was jonesing out on uh, uh, drugs. He, he was in withdrawal, and he took his grandfather's handgun, went out pistol with two people, and sold the gun. You know, so there's a need to do these type of work. But I can tell you that I, I was handed work that I thought smelled so bad, and I went behind the scenes and I got it, I got it quashed. I got the cases thrown out. I got the cases stopped because I didn't believe in them. And, yeah, there was a lot of stress that I endured. And some of these incidents, let's say um, Ruby Ridge, that was a warrant for by the ATF for uh, Randy Weaver for making sort-off shotguns. You can argue the legality, but it wasn't ATF that went and shot up that family on that hill. You'll have to go speak to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, the setting fire at Waco, that was a black guy. The bosses wanted that so bad that they ignored the signs that this was a mistake. 
and then the shooting, and, and then the shooting that occurred. It doesn't give the right for the branch of idiots to shoot all those agents, and they did. And as far as the house catching fire and falling down, you'll have to go visit the friends at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That was theirs. Now, uh, Fast and Furious, absolutely. That was all started by the bosses up on top, much the way Mr. Martinez was talking about. They don't have any depth of knowledge, and they come up with these great ideas, and they think it's okay. And there were many people in the organization at that time who said, this is a bad idea, and they continued to do it. It wasn't in my, it wasn't in my ability. I go to work. I, I, I talked to some friends when I was looking to uh, go on in my, my career, and they said it was uh, an enjoyable place to work. The, the work was satisfying, so I said, okay. But I can assure you I've never planted guns or done anything like that. Well, so it I, I wasn't your ability. Where... You did have the ability to choose to go to an unconstitutional organization like the ATF, which is basically there to restrict guns and gun rights, the Second Amendment. That was your choice. I don't have an FBI guy on the phone. I got an ATF agent on the phone. That's why I'm asking these questions. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I never restricted anybody's gun possession rights. But if they pass a federal law that says you can't have a machine gun, and you're walking around with a machine gun that's a a post-ban machine gun, well, somebody's got to take care of it. So that's that's the kind of stuff I got involved in. I wasn't very pleased with the gun laws or the enforcement of gun laws. That's why I gravitated towards arson explosives instead. I didn't enjoy that kind of work. Um, as far as it being an unconstitutional organization, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I disagree. And I have, like oh. I said, I have never restricted the, load, the gun rights of anybody. That's up to state jurisdictions. That's not, a, that's not ATF to turn on and tell you you can't have a, a, a firearm. Not at all. You have a handgun and you're within your rights as a state than uh, state laws, and that's fine. As a matter of fact, federal law, uh, in terms of what you can, what are the minimum standards? That's what they are. They're minimum standards. And that's well, the Second Amendment says the Second Amendment says there should be no restrictions. Now, now you're talking about minimum that. standards, and you're part of well, an organization that that thinks there should be minimum standards when the Second Amendment should says none. So you think so? You think that somebody comes out of federal prison with a murder or a rape conviction should have the right to a firearm? That's what you're saying. That's okay. No, I'm not. No, I didn't. Somebody, no, I somebody, somebody, no. somebody that's a mental defective, like the Virginia Tech shooting, who should have never had a firearm. That's okay. Because I'm thinking if somebody, sure that everybody. No, I, I'm thinking that the law is there for the law for the for the we the people, not the not the uh, extreme situations you're bringing up. If they came out of I'm federal you, prison, I'm giving, you real life. I'm giving you real scenarios, Mister. Okay, there is nothing. They're pretty extreme compared to the average person who has to obey the I laws. Have, well, I have to obey them the same as you. And if and if you're in a state that allows open carry, then by God, you go open carry. And if they tell you you can't open carry, then you don't open carry. And if they tell you you need a CCW in order to carry a firearm, that's a state requirement. That's not a federal requirement. I have nothing to do with that. What if you decide well, with your friends that you want to go saw off the barrels of shotguns that you bought from Big Five? Well, then that's, that's a different story. That's a federal violation. There I shouldn't think be we any federal reached violation. We've reached that point you where uh, we ought to uh, stop this uh, certain conversation. We can continue it on next week if you like. Uh, otherwise, uh, the other callers aren't going to have a chance. Ed in Utah, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, Ed. Yeah, what's yeah, on your mind? Very, well, very interesting conversation. Um, 
Uh, it does have a lot to do with the Constitution. I was waiting with bated breath all week for your show, BNZ. You're right there um, uh, in Las oh, Vegas. Sorry, I want to ask you. Yeah, I want to ask you. Um, I'm the caller about a year back, Gordon, that recommended that you look into the writings of uh, one of your uh, compadres, um, the late Officer Jack McClam. Did you? You know, I I don't recall right off the bat. What did he do? Well, Jack what McClam, is, what, uh, he was a host on RBN in the latter, latter part of his life. He died a couple years ago of Parkinson's disease. Uh, Jack McClam was the original officer-friendly, Officer McGruff, take a bite out of crime. He was the Phoenix Police Corporal and um, in Arizona for a lot of years. And um, he did a lot of speaking when he became aware of constitutional um, uh, problems. Uh, you know, similar to what I just heard in the prior argument with your guest and uh, previous caller. Uh, right. Much to be debated there, because uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, uh, uh, a duly elected sheriff, uh, said some of the things that the caller was saying. On the, on the other hand, you know, there are certain laws that do have to be enforced. Uh, your guest brought up, you know, the criminals and what have you. But um, uh, but I, I, I am digressing by even bringing up Officer Jack McClam, and he was a host on RBN for many years. And um, mm-hmm. he got into the uh, Israelification it, uh, is the Israeli Mossad infiltrating police departments across the country. And uh, one of the worst situations is right there in your hometown there in Las Vegas and the extreme oh, Myrlansky, yeah, the Myrlansky mob that runs Las Vegas, not the Italians, uh, the Jewish mob that uh, uh, Adelson and the MGM people uh, that own Mandalay Bay and what have you. This looks agenda-driven. Just look at it. Uh, uh, we'll already agree with the last caller or, or your guest or, or whatever, Gordon. The fact is, you have one of their puppets in Congress uh, because of the Hillary being so discredited. They have to use a Republican, somebody with an R in front of their uh, name, <laughs> Ryan, that Wisconsin weasel. He has to now advance the gun control agenda with this bump stop cra- uh, crap that's going oh, on I there. Know. I know. You know what I'm saying? I, yes, the, I d- they yes, haven't I even do. solved the case. You know, yeah, so they're, they haven't even, uh, uh, like you say, even the mainstream media is saying more questions than answers after this uh, conference, this press conference, and yet uh, Ryan out there, uh, supposed Republican, is acting like a Hillary Democrat uh, uh, pushing gun control. I got you. There's your agenda. we got to go to commercial. Talk to you later, Ed. Do you know there is an ongoing war right here in America? Are you aware that U.S. citizens have been classified as enemies of the state since 1933? Have you recognized that our entire government is really a vast network of interlocking corporations engaged in commerce. Look up Title 28, Section 3002. 
Tune in to In Defense of Humanity on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. Find out what's really going on and learn how to protect yourself and your family as flesh and blood men and women living in a corporate reality. Okay, nurse, let's get this man to the ER, stat. Right away, doctor. We see this every day. Heart attack or angina pain due to blocked and clogged arteries. Chelation can remove obstructions or blockages from arteries and help avoid painful and expensive surgery. Now there's Angioprim. It's a liquid oral chelation product that you take with juice. You start to feel the results fast. Angioprim increases blood flow all over the body, and that means more energy and strength to take on the day with less aches and pains. 60 years of research has gone into chelation, and Angioprim is the result. A safe and easy way to unblock your veins and arteries from buildup that slow circulation. Paging Dr. Jones, please report to the emergency room right away. Log on now for a special radio offer from Angioprim. That's angioprim.com slash radio. A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M. Angioprim.com slash radio or call 877-882-7221. That's 877-882-7221. The show is called American Honor. We got about three minutes left. It's brought to you by RBN. I appreciate callers calling in, giving me their opinion about what me and my guests are talking about. And the the only way that we're going to come up with any type of realistic solution is to bring it all, put it on the table, and let's discuss it. I have no problem with anybody feeling the way they do especially if it's 180 degrees from the way I feel. Let me hear your explanation on why you feel that way. Now, you got to understand, when you talk to me or you talk to uh, my special guest, Doug Fantauzzi, uh, you're talking to people that have worked it. We didn't read about it. We didn't hear about it. We were there. We did it. We personally did it. And probably have uh, I probably have an ulcer because of it to see the local government or even the federal government get away with anything Doug what's your what's your take on that you know what I I understand what that caller was talking about there are a lot of black guys in this agency and they're well deserved and I, I absolutely understand that but you know do I think that it's unconstitutional no but I came to work and I did the best job I can which is why I didn't retire ahead of the agency uh, there were plenty of things that they would try to get me to do, and I'd say absolutely not, and I'd have a big discussion, for lack of a better word, with them, and I didn't do it. There was stuff that the prosecutors wanted. They wanted to convict a guy one time of having uh, being in possession of a firearm with a felony, and he was like 65 years old, and he had a tax felony for 15 years prior, and he must have had too many at the VFW hall, and they got pulled over, and they wanted to put this guy in a federal prison. Absolutely not. I'm not doing that case. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I, I have many stories of people don't understand and there's a lot of good agents that look at that kind of stuff and go, I'm not doing it this is crazy and and some of this stuff is dictated all the way by the top I mean there's always a word bandied about in Congress that they want to fold up ATF and they want to turn it they want to cut it into pieces and I think uh, they want to turn the firearm laws over to the FBI good luck folks 
thought it was bad with ATF. Wait till these guys get a hold of it. But, you know, I came to work and I did the best job I can do every day. And you know, I looked myself in the mirror and I, I have no problems with what I did. You know, I recognize that uh, when, when uh, you and I were working together. Uh, we had uh, we had several cases, if uh, you recall. Tweedy yep. was probably one of the most bizarre cases that uh, uh, that I had noticed in my career. Uh, I mean, it just went from one extreme to the other. And here we got uh, Doper, who's on what was he on meth? Was Tweedy yes. on meth? Okay, yes. uh, he's got he's got all the stuff that's uh, that movies are made out of. You know, where he had the manuals and how to make bombs and and how to make booby traps, and how to, you know, poison somebody, and how to do whatever. And th- what does he do? He goes and, and gets a jewelry box and, and puts a pipe bomb in it, puts nails, puts uh, a bug poison in it, and then uh, sets in front of his ex-girlfriend's house. And it goes off. Just didn't go off as well as he liked it to. Uh, it didn't kill her, but it sure messed her up. Yes, that was... That was a terrible case. There's, there's too many of those. There's too many of these people that need to be put away. <laughs> and I wish it was an easier way. Right, I hear you. So, anyway, uh, thank you again. Thank you again for being on the show. I hope uh, that, that we can make this kind of a regular thing. I uh, I love the uh, uh, the oppor- give the the people that are listening the opportunity to talk to the real thing. I'm a real comp. You're a real special agent for the BATF, and people don't have an opportunity uh, normally to talk to somebody like this who can be as, as candid as you are and, and as I am, and uh, uh, they ought to take advantage of this thing. Whatever question that you got, uh, and uh, let's just make it simple. Have I ever uh, uh, screwed somebody? Uh, screwed them over with their constitutional rights or anything else? No. Have you? No. So no. we can get we can uh, just move on from there. So anyway, uh, you have a good one and thanks again. Good night. Good night. Well, everybody, you have a safe one and uh, don't think it hasn't been. The number two, keep it today. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.